uh, first service we had, I call it HSM, and I always tell my staff team when that happens, we throw everything out the window we had planned and we go with God. So first service, I, I didn't even use my notes, and we had a Holy Spirit ministry, HSM is Holy Spirit Movement or Holy Spirit Ministry. So I had a completely different message first service, so uh, whoever's uh, uh, putting that online, put both of them on today, so on our website, because uh, we'll see where I, you know, he may change me and challenge me here to say something else, but I'm in a series on faith. How many know that we're living, it looks like in the days just prior to Jesus' return, yes or no? Now, God gave, actually gave us a word, it was a prophetic word, and so um, uh, prophecy is inspired utterance, so inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, that, that we got some really dark days ahead of us. It feels awkward and weird right now, uh, worldwide, particularly in America, with challenges coming from every angle and increasing, it seems, by the day. It's crazy, um, uh, but it's symptomatic of the fact that the world is changing, and Jesus' second coming is typified, people don't realize this, by judgment. That's not an exciting word, but it's a biblical word. And Jesus is coming to judge his enemies, kick them off this planet, and then come back and assume what he created. And, and he's going to rule over this planet for eternity, and we're going to be with him in new bodies. Are you excited about that? Are you excited about anything? All right. So you can say yes, right, amen, whatever you like, but just say something so I know you're awake. Is that good? So I've been teaching a series on faith to go where we're going. Uh, and I do, I, and it sounds odd, I'm a real positive person, but it seems like some really challenging negative days are ahead uh, of such like we've not seen in the past. Now, you know, that seems a little spooky and scary unless you know God. If you know him, you know, the Lord's going to take us through every event, every occurrence, and every challenge that life may bring us here in America and around the world. How many believe he's big enough to do it? So I've been teaching a series on faith um, recently, and this is lesson number four. If the Lord will let me go there today, we'll see how it comes out. Um, and, and this is called faith till the end or faith until Jesus returns and sets up his 1,000 year reign. The Bible teaches that the world is not going to continue the way it is, that a usurper came, a person, a malevolent personality took over, uh, took over what God created. He's called Satan, Lucifer. He's got malevolent beings called fallen angels, demon spirits that work with him, and then human personalities that don't know the Lord who are self-centered. Uh, that are working with him. Aren't you glad all those are going to be kicked off? One day Jesus is going to make it right. So I'm excited. Until then, we have to walk by faith and we represent him in a very, very dark world. The good news is the darker the darkness, the brighter the light shines inside of us. And the word he gave, and you know, you can't replicate a prophecy when God gives it, but what God shared with us first service um, uh, just as we began the service was that uh, there's uh, some, some really serious darkness coming, but we're not to keep our eyes on the darkness, we're to keep our eyes on the light. He is light, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And the, and the darker the darkness, the brighter the light will shine in us. Our greatest days are ahead of us if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus. Yes or no? So see, that's the way I think. I have a journal. 
I've been keeping a journal since January 1985, and in that journal, I don't write, it's not a diary, it's, it's the surmisings of my own heart. I write down what I sense and feel from the Lord. And here's what you'll find out in your own life. God will speak to you, and it's so subtle that you won't even know he's speaking unless you're attentive and listening closely. And, and what has happened with me over my life's journey is God will say something to start with. It's like really quiet, really, really small. And then, and then like it, it just won't go away. And every time you get quiet, there it is. And see, spiritual things are as real as physical things, but, they're, but, but, but to perceive them, you've got to, you've got to focus in on the spiritual. And so the more you focus in, the louder and louder it gets. So for me, when I, when, I, when I have a journal, I journal what I sense in my heart. And in my journal, oh, the last several years, um, darkness is coming, serious things. But every t- single time God has said that, in my journal, as I read it, in my prayer time, he, he's saying, but don't be concerned about the darkness. Keep your eyes on me and you're going to be okay. Does that help you? I know it helps me. So as the news, news turns weird and things happen, we can be confident that our God's got us and that he's going to take, take care of us. Yes or no? And that's what he promised to do. In fact, uh, to me, it seems as though God trusts you because he knew that you would be alive we are the generation that sees Jesus return. He, he knows that you'll be part of that generation. He trusts you to do it right. Yes or no? So I want to give him my best. I don't know about you. So faith has something to do with that. This is lesson number four. You can go back on our website. We have the audio, the video. I also have notes for all of my ministry because I normally never get to share everything in my notes. If you want more, the notes are available at victorychurchraleigh.com. Uh, forward slash notes, I think, and you can find them today, and, uh, and they're always available there, and you can download them, look at them, and you can look at them while I'm going along again. You'll find I won't say everything in the notes, but um, we'll follow that. One thing that helps me, Matthew 19, 26, uh, they were talking about marriage, so it's a bit out of context, but I think it still fits, but Jesus looked at them, the religious people, and said to them, with men, this is impossible But the last phrase, but with God, all things are possible. Would you say that with me? With God, all things are possible. So question, is it possible for God to meet every need you have? Is it possible for God to bring you through a very difficult circumstance when it looks like it will never work right? Is it possible for God to provide food for you when everybody in the media says there ain't none available and you go to the grocery store and there's nothing nothing on the shelf? Is it possible for God to provide all the gas you need? I don't care if it's $15 a gallon. Is it possible for God to provide all the money that you need to do what you need to do? Well, with God, all things are possible. Then Mark 9, 23, here are some parents who had had a a child, perhaps an epileptic child. He was uh, constantly falling into fire water, having some problems, and the disciples couldn't help him, and they brought him to Jesus. And I love this statement by Jesus, and I've oft, often quoted it in my own life and mentioned it to the Lord in my prayer time. Mark nine twenty three. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Wow. But see, the qualifier is if you can believe. So, so I change that and say, I can believe. Right? All things are possible. Say it, all things are possible to him who believes. So question, are all things possible if you believe? Well, that's absolutely true. So again, uh, Jesus said this, John 16, these things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, be a good cheer, I've overcome the world. A couple of things here. These things I've spoken to you that in me you might have peace. If you're looking for peace in 
in, in anything else, in your job, in your business, in your, in your playtime, in your vacation time, in your chill time, the only place you're going to find peace here on before Jesus comes back, I believe, is in your relationship with him. That's why we're to seek first the kingdom of God, right? So he says, said, uh, these things I've spoken to you that in me you will have peace. And, and the context of this, Jesus was paired, preparing his disciples for his departure. He was going to ascend soon to heaven, and they weren't going to see him anymore uh, unless, uh, unless they had an experience like John had on the Isle of Patmos, and, and they saw him supernaturally. He was leaving. But he said, I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. That word tribulation, the Greek word there, is a really interesting word. It's thalipsis. Uh, that's not in my notes. That's all stuff I just am aware of. And that word is an interesting word. That word thalipsis, tribulation, is a word. And, and first century, here's what they sometimes did for people they want, that uh, the enemy wanted to antagonize. They would take a boulder or a big rock and, and lay a person flat down on the ground and tie them where they couldn't get away and then lay the boulder on their chest. So what happens? Well, it's very hard to breathe. So it inhibits breathing, and it's a, it's a pressure to breathe, and it's grunt work to breathe. So, and then that thing falls back on their chest. So that's thalipsis. I said that because I want you to see Jesus says, saying here, this is a very difficult time. And he's saying in the difficult time, <clears throat> you'll find your peace in me. In the world, you'll have, you could say it this way, have tremendous overwhelming pressure. Do you feel tremendous overwhelming pressure sometimes? Yes or no? Yeah. Uh, but he said, be of good cheer. Cheer up, smile, laugh, dance, shout. I've overcome the world. And so it's faith. There's something about faith. And I've, I'm, I've said this several times since I've done this series. There's something about believing God, Smith Wigglesworth, and an English evangelist who died in the 1940s. There's something about believing God that will cause God to pass over a million people just to get to you. Let me say this again. I haven't said it in a while, but God doesn't meet your needs just because you have a need. Uh, he doesn't meet your need just because he loves you. There's one thing, there's one ingredient that must be in a human life for God to uh, manifest in that life, and it's called faith. Yes or no? Uh, faith brings salvation to us by grace with faith, saved through faith. That not, uh, not of ourselves. Faith is a shield. Paul said in Ephesians 6, 16, it quenches all the fire-tipped arrows of the wicked one. First um, John, John said faith is, is the victory that overcomes the world. So we've been talking about faith in fair detail right now in the middle of explaining eight things you need to know about faith. And I've gotten through two of them. In, in the past couple of weeks, and I'll get to one more, number three, today. Now, the first thing uh, that we need to know about faith is faith is given to us as a gift to us from Jesus himself. When you're born again, how many know God's place is faith in you, yes or no? And he expects you not to hide it like the guy who got some money and hid it somewhere and it didn't even earn interest. No, he wants you to use what he gives you. And so Jesus gives us faith. We talked about that. And then once God gives you faith, God wants you to use your faith in small things. That's how you begin to develop faith. We talked about that in detail um, a couple of weeks ago. You know, just like a plant, I just planted some really beautiful 
uh, vincas in my front yard, about 150. And you know, they're small. And now, man, it's awesome. You, you, see the little, you see the little leaves are growing and they're starting to get a little bit bushier. And you got little flowers all around them. Well, that's the way faith is, a little bit by little bit. It's incremental. We talked about that in detail. Second thing, we mentioned this last week. Everything that happens and exists in the universe uh, exists in two realms, particularly on earth. Everything exists in two realms. First of all, spiritual realm. Secondly, the natural, physical world that we can see. And, uh, and so we need to understand that everything that we need has already been provided to us in the Lord Jesus. Yes or no? We mentioned Ephesians 1.3, uh, uh, that we, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. That's the issue. It's a spiritual thing. And it's got to manifest in the natural world. And it's faith that causes it to manifest. And we talked about in detail, the faith gives you the ability to see and believe in things that seem to be not real, right? And we talked about faith, uh, um, God creating the worlds by faith out of things which are not seen. We talked about all of that today. I'm going to go a little bit different direction Number three, faith can be increased by meditation and practice in the word. Now, God gave you faith, but how many know you can increase what he gave you? Uh, You can increase it or you can just leave it there and it'll atrophy just like a limb that's not used on your physical body. I broke my arm riding my bike in 2013 and my muscle atrophied to the point that I had to go to a physical therapist and do all that work to get all the muscles working back the way they should. And thank God I have full use of my arm now. But see, that which is not used fades. And it's the same way with God with our faith. Faith comes by hearing, Romans ten seventeen, hearing by the word of God. How many know faith in God is faith in his word? There's no such thing as, as having faith in God without faith in his word. If somebody says, well, I'm standing in faith, I often ask this, well, what scripture are you standing on? And if they say, well, well not any in particular, and I may say, well, that's, not, that's probably what you're going to get, not anything in particular. A lot of people just simply really don't understand the, uh, the, the subject of faith. So go back and listen to the last three lessons and uh, uh, because there's so much there that I've said, I can't re-say again. But faith in God is faith in his word. And to have faith in God is to believe what he said in the Bible, yes or no? That, that means you've got to believe in words somebody spoke. Is that true? I, I get really simple with things. For me, I had to get over a mental kink that was created when I was a child, even to get to the point that I could believe what the Bible said. And I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. Most of you know that. And I went to church three times a week, and then all week long we had revivals, and that was several times a year. So I was thoroughly uh, religiousized as a child and, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but, but I didn't understand the concepts of walking with God and believing what his word says by faith. And I developed a mental kink uh, uh, because believing God is believing his word. Yes or no? A question. How, how many people? Here's a question. It's not a trick question. How many people do you know in our culture that you can absolutely believe what they say? You take it to the bank. How many politicians can you believe? Don't answer that question. Can you believe the word of a banker? Can you believe the word of a trusted friend? Can you believe? You know, uh, I had a personal kink when I was a young boy. Um, Oh, you know. We lived in a small community in South Carolina, rural South Carolina, 
and it was a different day than today. This is the early 1960s. I know that dates me, but, uh, but on, on the weekends after I finished my chores at home, I'd go on bike rides with my friends around our community. We'd ride down the railroad track roads and by them, and then we'd ride down other secondary roads and such, never on the main big highways. But uh, nonetheless, um, I had this one friend. Uh, I don't know how many times that happened, but here's, it, it, it developed an unbelief in me. And I had to get over it when, I, when it came to me trusting God and trusting his word. Um, my friends, is my best friend, I met him before I started school. I met him when I was three years old. His name was Randy. And we went through school together, yada, yada. And, um, um, and I'd say, well, Randy, meet me at 3 o'clock. I mean, this happened a lot, dozens of times probably. Uh, Randy, meet me at 3 o'clock. There was a store right, by, right beside the railroad tracks. He lived in a certain location a few miles from my house. I said, yeah, well, we'll meet on our bicycles at the store by the railroad track. We'll meet there at 3 o'clock. He said, I got it. We'll do it. Well, I'd get there. Just my person. I got a strange person there. I'm there at quarter till. Three. So I'm sitting there, you know. I went in, maybe got me a little Coke, you know. Got me a piece of candy. I'm a kid. And, uh, and so I'm sitting there waiting. 3 o'clock comes. Randy's not there. I keep looking at my watch. Well, Randy's not here. He said he'd be here at 3 3.05, he's not here. 3.10, he's not here. 3.15, he's not here. 3.20, he's not here. At that point, I'm exasperated. Where's Randy? Randy's not here. My goodness. 3.25, finally 3.30, it's like, and there's no cell phone. So it's like, he's not coming. So I just went and played by myself. Rode my bicycle, had a good time. That happened so many times that I developed a disbelief in what people said. Have you ever had anything like that happen to you? It was so bad after I got out of school and I was uh, in my first ministry position in the early 1980s that um, I would ask my secretary three or four times if she had done this, that, or the other. How many know you want to backhand somebody if they do that to you? I mean, it's like, hush, I heard you the first time. Or if, or if I had a, or, or here's what it eventuated in as it became an adult. It became a point that if I had an appointment, somebody said they would do something at such and such a time, I may call them a couple, a couple of times. You know, you don't like these kinds of personalities, Right? Right? Well, that was me, and it's like something's wrong with me, and I found out that it was a deep unbelief. So when it comes to believing the Bible, when it comes to believing what God's Word said, the first thing I had to challenge was that deep-seated, I don't believe what you say because you let me down. And so this thought was, God, I know you're saying all this stuff. Are you going to let me down like these other people have let me down? How many know God is not like us? If God says it, you can take it to the bank. It's, it's valuable. Yes or no? Uh, that's, that's the first thing I had to get over. Then the second thing, the second thing that I had to overcome when I began to learn how to walk by God and believe that he answered prayer and that he's doing what he said he would do in his word for me as a believer, as a Christian was, I had to learn to believe in my own words. Now listen to this. This, this is a little sticky, but if you're a person and you just say things and don't do them, did you know unconsciously that's a big problem for you spiritually? Did you know that? If you can't believe in your own word, and if people can't believe in what you tell them, how will you be able to trust God's word? Why? Because you've devalued words in your own life. Faith in God is faith in his words. If you don't have faith in your own words, and I, that's the way it was with me. I had a difficult time in the orig, or original start of my walk with God. I had, I had a challenge, just believing what he said, because I didn't believe what I said. 
And so God began to convict me. If I said something, he said, now you go follow through on that. Or if I said something and it was outlandish and I know I can't follow through with somebody doing something, I'd call them and say, look, I said that, but that's not going to work out. Can we do this and this and this? And God took me through a process. I was just 18 years old when it came to the Lord, but he took me through a process. Number one, I had to, I had to forgive the young boy, my friend, who years ago did this repeatedly over and over again, never would honor his word to me, just wouldn't show up when he said he would. That was a big deal to me. And, you know, you could call that a bitter root or whatever it is, but if you've got a cyclical thing happening in your life, happens over and over again, and, and you think somebody's going to do this or that, it may be based on something that happened in the past. Go forgive that person in the past. How many hear me? I had to forgive him, let it go, and say, Lord, I forgive Randy for not, for not doing what he said all those times. It's affected me as an adult now. Once I did that, God sent me through a little, just through a little path of, of beginning to believe and trust what people would say. It was a big problem when I was a younger person. You may find challenges in your own faith if people have let you down. You know, listen, you may be a person that, that you've trusted God to do this, that, or the other. You were looking for an answer to prayer, and it didn't work. It was a, a failure. It didn't work. You ever had that happen? You prayed about something and it didn't work? Yes or no? No, all of us have. Well, what do you do with that? You know, you could say that's a a faith failure. You could say it just didn't work and we don't know why. There's always reasons why things don't work. Sometimes we, we pray about things that are not our responsibility and ask God to do things that are out of our jurisdiction. Yes or no? I, I can't force God's hand to do things for you unless you're willing to do some things for yourself. Is that true? Now, sometimes God's mercy will manifest and God's mercy will move, but many times, you know, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of like a checker game. God's waiting on a person to do this before we can do this, even though you're praying. So let God off the hook if you've had some failures and you've prayed about things, even in your own life. Maybe, maybe you've asked God to do this or that and you didn't follow through yourself. Well, forgive God. How many hear what I'm saying? Maybe you've had calamities and disasters occur in your personal life, in, in, in the people that you know, in various ways. Maybe you've had tragedies occur. All of us have these kind of things. We live in a fallen world. Sometimes they're all our fault. Sometimes they're no fault of our own. We live in a fallen world, and a thief is loose, and he's stealing, killing, and destroying constantly. Yes or no? And see, if that touches your life, you've got to be willing to deal with it. And when something happens, you know what the first thing the devil does? He said, well, we'll see what God didn't do for you. He's an accuser, he's a liar, and he's a thief. And, and he often tries to pit us against the Lord. Yes or no? And you know, you just got to resist that kind of stuff. So for me, I had to deal with these kinds of things. And uh, first of all, deal with, uh, with a person who spoke words to me that just over and over again just never did happen. Unconsciously, I didn't realize that I had a hard time trusting in people's word. And then I had to learn to trust my own word. And then I had to forgive God for any judgments I have had against him. And you know, you may be in the room today. I feel a tag from the Holy Ghost. Maybe you've had some calamities and disasters happen and things happen. And, and maybe unconsciously the enemy said, well, see what, God didn't, see what God didn't do for you. That doesn't mean he can't do something in your future. Yes or no? It just means that it happened. Why does it happen? Sometimes things happen and you don't know why they happen. So, sometimes there's nothing you can do to change something. Is it true? There's, there's so many things that happen in life. We don't, we don't know why. I've got so many things that, that come to my mind when I talk about that. You know, I, I've been close to death six times. Uh, two before I came to the Lord, four since. 
Hang on, I'm just kind of feeling around here. I've got only a certain amount of time to speak. So I'm getting off my notes. Uh, well, this one, uh, you've heard this before, but see, I was in Africa with a, well, you know, I talked to, I talked to you earlier. And a tank almost ran over our, our vehicle. The only reason that didn't happen, I was in a vehicle, I was in the Congo, and, and a war broke out. I was with Bruce McDonald. And I mean, y'all, <laughs> a tank got out of formation. It was just about to crush us. It was, I mean, I could see the shadow. You know why that didn't happen? Because people were praying here. I didn't have time to pray. I didn't have time to do anything but <gasps> and try to get out the vehicle, and then I couldn't because the door was locked. You know why that didn't happen? Somebody was praying. In fact, travailing and praying and crying. Isn't that amazing? I've often thought, what if that person wasn't praying? Did you hear me? Somebody else would be here today. Right? Could be. So, so, so why am I saying that? Because you may have had things happen to you or somebody that knows you. And it wasn't God's best and it was a hurtful thing. It was a challenging thing. When things happen, they're not always God's best, but they happen. Yes or no? Sometimes God can keep something from happening if he can get someone to pray and stand in the gap, as we call it as Christians, stand uh, for that person, for that particular thing. Sometimes the Lord puts people on our hearts and we pray. Lester Summerall, it comes to mind. Oh, he was in the Orient somewhere riding a, a, a donkey up on a, up a, a, a rustic mountain road with a bunch of other people. They were doing missions work in a rustic place. And um, some really weird, weird oriental disease grabbed a hold of him. And he got a fever he couldn't shake and he began to, he was cold and clammy and he was riding the donkey and he had no strength. He just fell off the donkey. He thought he was going to die. While he was laying there, he suddenly rose up. The fever broke and he was completely well. Got back on the donkey and finished ministry. He got back home. And he found out that uh, somebody that knew him in their community had been praying exactly the time he got ill. He fell ill. And their prayer saved his life. Isn't that amazing? Now, the Lord just sidelined me. Here we are again. I can't finish my notes. You may be here and you're blaming God for a disaster that happened in your family or somebody that you know or some, some situation in your life. The worst thing we can ever do is blame God for tragedies. It's not God's fault. Why did God allow it? Some, sometimes God allows it because we don't, we don't make pro proper preparation. Sometimes we make mistakes. Have you ever made a mistake? And we just are in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then sometimes God can intervene if somebody will pray. There are other times that things happen and God can't intervene. Did you hear what I just said? Because there's nobody praying. There's no, there's no backstop to keep it from happening. And, 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 you know, the enemy has his way. I, I've got it in my notes, and this is not the way I was going to talk about it, but it fits. And I mentioned this first service, February 29th, 2004. I was uh, on the way to um, Calcutta, India, as well as Kathmandu, Nepal, on a missions trip. And uh, first leg, I went from uh, Raleigh to Atlanta, 
and, and my, uh, uh, I just felt awful. I felt so sick. And I've never started a couple of week mission trip feeling like that. I felt really bad. And I tried to eat a half a sandwich at the airport, drink about a half a bottle of water. And it was about noon or so. We took off one o'clock or so. And uh, as I boarded the plane, I just felt so bad. And I sat down and um, <laughs> I said, well, I told the person beside me, I got to go to the bathroom. In fact, Sean, you were with me, weren't you, Sean? I had a big money belt on. I had a bunch of money because we had to pay cash for the ministry. Gave it to Sean. You remember that, Sean? And I uh, went to the bathroom, took my money belt off, took all the money out of it, put the belt back on so my britches wouldn't fall down, then went back to my seat and gave the money to Sean. And I said, Sean, uh, you go and you take care of ministry on my behalf. I, I'm not going. Because the Lord spoke to me. Here's what he said. Don't get on the next plane until you know what's wrong with you. He said in such a voice. I knew if I disobeyed, I would be in, uh, I, I would be in trouble. And sometimes you can hear the Lord inside of you. It's not that, I don't know how to tell you how he speaks, but I can tell you that voice was so clear to me. It's like, don't get, uh, just a knowing, don't get on the next plane until you know what's wrong. I knew it. So I told Sean, I'm not getting on the next plane. You go without me. And y'all, I found out my appendix had burst. It's terrible. And you know, and I told, said this first service, the doctor told me, said, uh, sir, if you'd been born 100 years ago, you'd probably be dead right now. I thought it was so encouraging. I'm so glad she told me that. <laughs> anyway, they gave me five antibiotics. I could taste the metal in my mouth. And it was a horrible situation. They did an emergency appendectomy. And, um, but when I, got, but when, when, when I called my mother, you know what? You know what she told me? Mitch, I, I prayed for you for several weeks. I prayed in the spirit, but then when I prayed in English, the only thing I could say is, Lord, don't let him get on that plane. Lord, don't let him get, and that's what God said. He was answering my mother's prayer. Don't get on that plane. Isn't that awesome? Don't blame God. Don't blame God when you have problems. If you blame God for yesteryear, you'll have problems with next year. Did you hear me? Don't blame God. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Maybe there's something in your life that's a problem. Maybe there's a physical thing. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a, a family thing, and there's nothing you're going to do to change it right now, particularly when it has to do with other people. You've got to place that in God's hands and leave it alone, or it'll affect your ability to believe God. How many hear what I'm saying? For some reason, I can't, I can't go further than I want. i got all this stuff I want to say, but i got to stay here. Don't blame God. He's not your problem. He's the solution to your problem. See, the enemy, he lies. He's a master deceiver. And he'll make you think that you're the problem, somebody else is the problem. And he's a master at making people convinced that God is the problem. Now, I've been in ministry since 1981. Do you have many people I have met who are angry at God because of this, that, or the other? The finances didn't come through, or the healing didn't come, or this happened to mama, or this happened to my brother. No, you gotta let it go. Sometimes we don't know why things happen. They just happen. What you don't know, leave alone. Because if you don't, it'll ruin the rest of your life. Yes or no? Anyway, I don't know why I'm saying this, but somebody, you really need to hear it. Don't, don't stop walking with God or don't stay, don't stay aloof and apart from him just because tragedies have come and things that have, have happened in your life that you don't understand. Listen, in all the years I've been living, there's so many things that have happened that don't make any sense to me. Do you have any idea? Now, you know, I preach and teach divine healing. Can I get real? Do you know how many of my friends have died young? 
I've had friends die in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s. And God promised, you know, in the scriptures it says we have a long life. Why doesn't that always happen? You don't always know why. Or maybe you've had some, some you know, tragedies happen in your life. I, I want to say abuses. Why didn't God keep that from happening? Maybe there wasn't anybody he could tag to pray. And the other issue is bad things happen to good people sometimes. I don't know why on earth I'm going here. It's not in my notes. This is a strange Sunday for me. First service was exactly the same way. But listen to me. Sometimes, sometimes things happen and God can do nothing about it because people are wicked and mean. And he can't override a human will. Yes or no? Why didn't he keep so-and-so from doing such and such? Well, they wouldn't listen to him. Yeah, but couldn't, couldn't you pray and God do this? Sometimes that does work. You remember what David said when he, he, uh, he did a census of the men in Israel because they were going to fight the enemy? And God said, no, I don't want you to do it because if you do a census, you won't trust me. David did it anyway. And God said, David, you missed me. You didn't listen to me. I'm going to judge you. So which judgment do you want? The angel of the Lord will come. This will happen. Or I'll leave you to your enemies. And David said, God, whatever you do, you judge me. Don't leave me in the hands of my enemies because man is very, very wicked. Yes or no? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, Jeremiah said. Sometimes bad things happen because people are wicked and mean and cruel. Can our prayer life work sometimes? Absolutely. What, what, what about when it doesn't happen? You know, I've got as many questions as you have. Again, I've, I've seen tragedies as a pastor. I've seen tragedies happen in families and things that look like it shouldn't happen that way, but it did. I don't have the answer for all those things. Does that keep me from trusting God? I have chosen not to allow it to keep me from trusting God in his word. And see, you're going to have to make the same choice when, when there have been failures in life and things that have hurt you so deeply and it seems like it's unfair and that God allowed. You've got to get rid of that God allowed thing. You don't, know the, you don't know the whole background of anything. Yes or no? You don't know what people are doing in the background, thinking in the background, etc. You, you don't know the whole thing. And because our, our knowledge is so limited, we have to leave it alone. And, you know, here's what I feel when injustice has come, even in our future. You know, when you put malevolent, wicked people in places of, of, of responsibility and authority, uh, how many know they can become tyrannous and, and try to rule you? Is that true? Just read history. What's going to happen? In, what would you do if that happened here? Would you be mad at God because mean people were doing things? Do you think gas prices, is that an on-purpose thing? That's a big question, isn't it? It could be an on-purpose thing. High gas prices. Lack of goods and services. Supply chain problems. Do you think it could be a, an on-purpose thing? Huh? How about the banking failures that are coming? How about the dollar demise? How about the wars that are coming? Could it be an on-purpose thing? No, man's cruel, y'all. I know stuff behind the scenes. I won't say here. You can come afterwards and I'll talk to you about it. But see, that doesn't mean that I don't trust God because bad things happen. Does that make sense? First thing to trust God, you've got to learn to trust his word. I'm going to stop here because I can't believe the time is what it is. 
I, I stopped here second, first service, but here we are. You know, here's what I started doing. You get over all this. I had to get over, you know, my friend not following through, and I had to get over me not doing what I said, and I had to learn to be a person of integrity. And then, then I had to let God off the hook if I thought that he was to blame for something in my life. Those things will hinder faith. But, but the thing that God led me to do as a young boy, and I've been doing it, I've been doing this decades and decades and decades of time, I've taken scripture, faith comes by hearing what? It comes by hearing the word of God. And uh, I've been doing this for so many decades now, and this has boosted my faith. In fact, this happened last night. I usually have some time during the day. It's either during the day, or if I wake up at night, I do it at night. And last night, I woke up at 2.20. I didn't tell Susan. She was asleep. I woke up at 2.20 because I looked at the clock by my bed. And immediately, I let my mind go to Scripture. And I have these Scriptures. Here's what helped me with my faith in God. Because I had such problems with people not being people of integrity, I decided that I had to cement it in me that if God said it, he will do it. So I'm just, it's in the notes, but here it is. And this is what I, uh, and so when I wake up at night, I meditate on Scripture. And if you'll get the Word in you, God's Word in you, faith will automatically be present. Did you hear me? And then you've got to be willing to act your faith against the circumstances of life. And I was going to get there. I don't have time to get there. So, so here's what I begin to say. Um, in fact, Numbers 23, 19 says this, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and will he not do it? Hath he spoken, and will he not make it good? That was a counteraction in my head to all these years of negative where people wouldn't believe, wouldn't do what they said. And I couldn't believe that people would do what they said. When I read that, it's like God's not a human. God's not like any of these people I know. If he said it, he's going to do it right? And then Psalm, Psalm 84, 11, the Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I love that. Psalm 89, 34, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is spoken out of his lips. If God said it, how many know he's going to do it? Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled. And one translation says established, another says fixed in the heavens. If God said it, he's going to do it. His word doesn't change. Question, do you believe his word doesn't change? Do you think he's going to do what he said? You won't because there's so many other things in life that'll try to counteract and contradict and keep you from believing what God said, right? You gotta, you gotta press this in you, Psalm 138 too. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and truth for you have magnified your word even above all of your name. If you go read the Hebrew there, you could actually translate that. You've magnified your word above your reputation. God's reputation's on the line when he said something to you. Yes or no? Isaiah 55, 11. So shall your word be that goes forth. So shall my word be, God said, that goes forth out of my mouth. It won't return void. It will accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing where to us in it. If God promised to meet your need, will he meet your need? If God promised to heal your body, will he heal your body? If God promised to deliver you from an overbearing circumstance, will he uh, deliver you from the overbearing circumstance? Will God work in your life when you're in the middle of a test, trial, challenge? Will God do what he said he's going to do? 
He always honors this word. And then Jeremiah 1.12, uh, I hasten my word to perform it. Jeremiah said, uh, one translation says, I watch over my word to perform it. And I mentioned this first service. Uh, actually, that word uh, watch, the word watch is the Hebrew word for the almond tree. The almond tree is the first tree in Israel to bud in the spring. And we were, in fact, Bruce McDonald and I were in, uh, in Israel in 2012. We had a guide, you know. He took a couple of days to tour Jerusalem and such. And she actually mentioned that. Uh, I guess we had seen the tree, and she said, you know, the first. Uh, and she mentioned Jeremiah 112. Believe it or not, she wasn't even a Christian. But she said where it says, I watch over my word. God's word, when he sees his word believed by you, he watches over it to make it good. Is that good? And then Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. My words won't pass away. My encouragement to you, get a hold of the word. Start believing what God says. If you have a problem with, with faith and a problem with the integrity of God's word, get those scriptures. They're in the notes. And just meditate on them and think on them. I do that every single day of my life. That way, when I have a challenge and I need to believe God for healing or we need to believe God for, you know, an extra million dollars for the building to be built like we're doing or, or you know, need to believe God for whatever circumstance that suddenly erupts and I wasn't looking for that. You know, my faith is there. Don't wait. Don't wait to, to get faith when you need it because then you'll be at a disadvantage. Yes or no? 